You know, uh, CB, like I, uh, we played against, we played against Carlton Bruce or, or Carlton, uh, against Whitney Bell, right? Um, oh, yeah. And Whitney, Whitney was supposed to get like 86 yards and we shut him down to like 30 yards. He missed Mr. All-UP because Cadillac shut him down to 30 yards. Wow. So Whitney <laughs> played running back in high school? Dude, Whitney was a beast, man. He was a, he was a running back linebacker, right? Um, and like, well, he play he played multiple positions, but he was a linebacker. Um, we did. We told ourselves like, hey, listen, don't ta- do not tackle Whitney high because you will get crushed. So all the whole game, we were just hitting his legs and hitting his legs and hitting his legs. It, like that's all you could do with him, right? Because he just drive you into the ground. kick this off by by definitely saying welcome thanks for giving us a little bit of your time and and being here with us today i know you got some ferris ties my buddy told me you play kicker you from cadillac area so we just excited to not only talk to you about your journey of course your business you've been with lebron Mm -hmm. you've been with steph curry you had a chance to do some things man that most don't get a chance to do and we just want to kick it off with how exciting was some of those things and then you can try kind of transition into just a little bit about yourself in the, the training mask yeah so some of those things just happen naturally right so when you make a good product you got a product that people want to use and uh you kind of put the work to put the work at least uh, using our product that we didn't even know about. And then they would just show up like on uh, the Miami Heat before uh, before the championship. Miami Heat doing this, doing that, right? And the whole Miami Heat team ended up showing, like uh, ended up wearing the training mask in their locker rooms and everything else. So it was kind of like one of these things where we didn't even pay them. We didn't, uh, we just, we just sent a mask. Like we didn't even know we were sending masks to them. Uh, it was to their trainer and he was just saying, we're going to put them to work. The whole Heat team ended up using them uh, and showed up in the locker room on, uh, and it was just like one of those epic moments of like, holy smokes, we were influential in these professional players' lives. We didn't even realize what we were making or what we were creating at the time. Um, that being said, we we also were on the Apollo Creed. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, yeah, watched yeah. that the, uh, with the Apollo Creed, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan had called our facility, and he's like, can you hear me there? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so Michael B. Jordan uh, called our facility, and he's like, hey, listen, I'm going to put you in a major uh, picture uh, film, but I need about 20 of these masks. And we're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. And my little brother's like, okay, well, I don't know if we're going to give him 20. I'm like, give him 20. I'm like, if we're going to have the major motion picture, give him 20. And he's like, well, well, you might not see it for like three years. And we're like, all right, whatever. So we didn't hear from him for like anything for three years, and all of a sudden, boom. Mm. We're on the big screen. Michael B. Jordan running on the treadmill in Apollo Creed video. We're like, dude, it doesn't get any better than this. We made we made the Rocky videos. Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't get better than that, right? Um, and then we were in Jake Gyllenhaal Southpaw, uh, and that these were all organic, but these were never these these were never placements that we had purchased. Uh-huh. These were placements that organically happened, right? Um, and it was like okay, like one of these things where we went uh, like. We went hard on the advertising, hard on the marketing, and all of a sudden things just start happening. Things start happening, you know. And then uh, Marshawn Lynch came out on Super Bowl Sunday, 
uh, and it was like to the moon from there. It was 2015. Marshawn was wearing it, and he didn't speak to the crowd. He didn't do anything to the crowd. He was always like, "I'm just here so I don't get fined," you know. And all about that basketball. The, these comments, like, were just intriguing to people. It, it wasn't that they were just like. It wasn't making anybody mad, I felt. like It was like intriguing them because he was just blowing them off. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, you're the media. I don't want to talk to you. So I'm saying what I got to say. And that's it. So 2015 comes along and it goes, the train mask goes to the moon. It goes crazy. I go out to, uh, we, and then after that, like, I go out to um, Oakland. We go out to Oakland and I just don't say anything when I first meet athletes. I shake their hands, say, hey, I'm Casey Dever, introduce myself, that's it. And then I just watch what they do. I watch their behaviors. I, I really, a, a, lot of, a lot of things that you do um, is read body language, right? And you can tell when people are starting to get irritated with other people. And what happened out there was a men's muscle and fitness magazine had a guy out there and he's constantly like, I think he, he like irritating Marshawn a little bit, right? And uh, he finally told the guy, he, he told his manager, he's like, he's got to go. Got to go. Get him the hell out of here. He's like, I can't deal with this dude anymore. So I knew at that time, don't say shit. Like, don't say anything, <laughs> right. right? Don't mess it up. Just like, mind what you do and just do, do what you do. And so I started, and that's what I did. And, and so, like, we kind of, like, traveled around the area and all that good stuff. And I, I hadn't talked to Marshawn yet. And then I went into um, uh, I went into a restaurant, and there was, like, 30 people in there. And they're all, like, kind of people of Marshawn's little, little crew there. And uh, I bought everybody dinner, you know that. And then Marshawn, that's when Marshawn's like, hey, man, that was really nice. You I appreciate that, blah, blah, blah. And so then we, we started striking up a conversation. And to this day, like, I still, I, I still text Marshawn. I still text his manager. We still have a good, uh, good relationship. Man, talk about the importance of, of building those relationships, Casey, because, man, you've done a lot of stuff organically and you mentioned about having organic placement versus paid placements and i know you can tell the viewers nothing beats organic placement when 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 you just done the work behind the scenes and then all of a sudden the manifestation of it comes together and you're in movies the top athletes in the world is wearing your product or without you even having to force it man talk about how those relationships and just the organic placements things happen for you so organic, organic happens when, uh, you, you know, you feel like, okay, I, I can, I can optimize everything up into a point, but beyond that point, it's in, you know, God's hands, it's in somebody's hands that's above and beyond you. Right. And I'm just thankful that, you know, we have gotten the opportunity to have the organic reach and to have the athletes that we have. Um, because like when you die, you know, when you cross all the T's and dot all the I's, uh, the quality of our product speaks for itself. You know, when you pick yourself up and you go, this feels cheap, you don't really want it, right? When you pick a training mask up, I have like literally go, I go through and I'm like, I don't like this about it. I don't like this about it. I, this feels cheap. This plastic's got to be different. Like, you know, it, there's a difference between gloss and flat. There's some, there's a difference between flat and then gloss and just the edge. You know, just those fine-tuned little details are what make the biggest difference in your product and in your life. Yeah. Yeah. See. Uh, question. Uh, when – was there a, a starstruck thing when, like, you get in, in touch with LeBron or Steph Curry or – it's like, man, you know what? I'm in the same room as LeBron. He's wearing my mask. Is it – was there any starstruck when yeah. you meet these guys? Or And then my um, next question is uh, – mm-hmm. Do these guys reach out to you directly or is it like the training staffs that get in touch with you? 
Yeah. So there's two, two things that happen. Um, sometimes the trainers will get in touch with us, like LeBron's trainer or Steph Curry's trainer. Um, uh, and then like Steph Curry, actually, we were in the Under Armour, uh, Under Armour commercial, um, Steph Curry, the Curry three shoes. Yeah. And it's called Make That Old, you know, when the kid pulls up and like pulls up, he goes, uh, you know, like the, they're like, now make that old because like he was the little kid kept on talking trash to him yeah. and said, you know, t- you know, 22 wins and, and one loss <laughs> and this and this and this. And he's like, and they'll make that old. And then Steph pearls down our mask. And he's like, I will. That's where the coin term that Under Armour came up with is I will, because he pulled down his mask. He says, I will, okay. like, I will make that old. And that year he won the championship. Right. Um, so we haven't really got an interaction with, uh, LeBron or, or, or Steph, uh, other than through Instagram and in the contacts that we have. Uh, but Marsha, we have a, a direct, uh, contact with, and you try to not stay like, let's say you try not to be starstruck because like, you know, they put on their underwear the same way you do. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like one of these things where you're just like treat them as a normal human being and, and be a friend. Uh, don't be a fanboy because like what happens is like with fanboys, you could be the biggest fan. You're going to be let down. I'm here just to say, hi, how you doing? I appreciate what you do. And that's it. Like, leave it, leave it alone. Like a lot of people just can't leave it alone. And they constantly, you know, they, they beg for that stardom. Hey, let's hang out or Hey, this or that. Uh, you know, they got, they want to hang out. They'll ask you like, don't, don't trail them and get them to the point where they're like, they can't stand to be around you because you're trailing them so hard. Right. Um, we don't it's like, that's one thing that we don't do is we don't become like fanboys. We become more or less like a, along the lines of like, Hey, listen, let us know if you guys need anything. Cause we're here for you. We're a brand that, you know, represents the athletes. We're a brand for the athletes and that's what we want to be. And that's who we are. So we're, we're here to help you guys become better and increase your performance because that's what we do. And then that's what we offer to them. We say, you know, like basically like, we're here because we can increase your performance. We're not here because we're a super fan of yours and we want you to wear a product and then show up somewhere because our product speaks for itself, right? We can, I know we can increase your performance. We can increase your endurance. We can increase your stamina. I can, I guarantee we can do that. Right. So I'm offering a benefit and they're offering the benefit of being not the brand ambassador, but a brand wearer. That's like that. Well said. I like that. So Casey, I applaud you. On that of your approach to meeting celebrities, like you being yourself, and and I know those guys gonna respect you more because of you not a fanboy. You know what I mean? Because they them guys yeah. probably get tired of you know they get tired of that. Mm-hmm. So you coming them like you said mm-hmm. you coming to them normal. So I respect that. Yeah. Uh, another uh, question it's, it's, I want to talk to you is yes, in regards of was it a time where you met a celebrity or an athlete? where that partnership didn't go in the favor that you wanted to go. It went elsewhere. And you was like, dang, man, I miss out on that. Was it a, a time that, that, uh, that came along the way? Um, you know, there's been a couple opportunities that we've had that, you know, we've missed the boat on because we didn't have, you know, $300,000 to give them or, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have like certain things like, you know, the, the sometimes like what happens too is like, you can give an athlete a hundred grand and you're not going to get a hundred grand back. You, 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 you might get a little bit of publicity, but like a, a lot of these, a lot of the fan or not, sorry, not the, the, a lot of the NFL or the NBA players, 
they, instead of becoming a contributor, they want you to like give them money just to wear their product want, as an endorser. Yeah. And sometimes like that doesn't always work because they have no, they have no skin in the game of the value of the brand. Right. And so what happens down the line is like, they go, well, you use them my face and you use them my skill sets and you using this and this and this. And it's like, listen, like I understand, I understand that you're good at what you do. <laughs> understand that we're good at what we do too. And we have a, we have a partnership. I can pay you all the money in the world, but one picture on Instagram isn't going to change us. It, you know, it's consistency. It's like it, we've got to have athletes and consistency of posting and consistency of doing different things with the mask on uh, as an athlete, as you as the athlete. That's how training mask can be a brand with a name, right? You can't just go and say, hey, listen, uh, we're going to put you in a mask and uh, we're going to make all kinds of money because that doesn't happen unless you're Marshawn Lynch on Super Bowl Sunday. Right. And that platform, and that didn't happen. Like, that whole thing didn't happen until Super Bowl Sunday happened. You got to understand, like, there's a place here and he's on this platform. Until that athlete reaches that platform, nothing else happens. We can't, we can't push uh, uh, that many views ever. Um, you know, cause we, we figured we got about 2.3 million views, people watching that instance, that moment, those, those 15 seconds, um, where Marshawn walked out with the mascot, we can't replicate that. You just can't replicate that. So consistency with the brand and consistency with the branded athlete, that is where you win. And that in their brand they're not they are the athlete right and they can have a brand but you could see as an athlete how many athletes come out with brands right a lot of them how many athletes come out with brands that are successful not too many mm. right because their name only holds this much until they're out of the season to the other league or the brand fails because there's nothing behind it there's still a substance behind it right like what else, what is the value that that athlete brings? Because everybody has a t-shirt brand, you know, everybody has a supplement brand. What is beyond what you, everybody else offers that that athlete is tied into that they can offer as well. That's the question. Mm-hmm. So take Casey, take us back to the creative part. What made you come up and yeah. create this training mask? So I was watching them. Um, I, I was good friends with Sean Shirk from at the time. Uh, Sean Shirk is a UFC champion, 2007-2008, and I was running a supplement brand, and it was called Fight Fuel. Um, Fight Fuel was basically a high-performance uh, energy supplement that was essentially it went on to get banned uh, by the FDA because it had like uh, not my supplement, but just the chemical that we were using. Uh, it was one three of dimethylene mentamine. It was no longer on the marketplace. You can't find it anywhere. It's been known as geranium root. Um, but we were we were selling that product. We went to the UFC fan expos, all that good stuff with the product. Um, and Sean Shirk was like an endorser of it and all that good stuff. And then like, what happened is like, I came out, like I come out and I seen, I was watching a YouTube video and I was seeing Sean training with this mask on. And I said, Sean, what are you doing in this mask? And he's like, well, I don't know really what it does, but you know, I got the best cardio in the UFC. So I must do something. I'm like, well, what do you think about doing something on like a, a mask scale where we come out with a mask? Um, that has resistance behind it. He goes, well, I know nothing about marketing, but I can be the face of the product. And I said, well, I can do the marketing and you just be the face of the product and we'll travel around and 
do that. So that's what we did. We started at like Tampa and then we went to Dallas, Texas. And then we went over to, uh, the US, uh, UFC fan expo, which was in Las Vegas. And then we went, we bounced over to, um, I was called the body expo in, uh, California. And we started getting this major like swell of traffic to the website and different things started to happen. Like people started requesting it. And then it was like Dick sporting goods called one day in 2013. They go, you know, we want to get on this kind of fad math kind of thing. So, you know, if we can order like 10 here, 10 there, and then all of a sudden it was kind of like it wasn't a fad anymore, right? right. So that we all of a sudden start spinning the money machine at Dick Sporting Goods. And they're like, hey, listen, we're getting more and more requests for this math. It, like, do you guys have enough? Like, yeah, how many you need? They're like, oh, give us 300. And at the time, I was only in a 1,400-square-foot warehouse, right? Ooh. And now we were tiny. And I'm like, 300? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we got that. We're good. Yeah. I had like 30 on the floor. I'm like, we'll make them. I don't give a shit. Like, well, we're going to do this. Right, right. You know? So we made up 300. And I'm like, we have, behind that, I made up another 300. And then another 300. And then so they, the order started cycling in. Uh, and then we came up with Training Mass 2.0 because I started seeing like a little dip in the marketplace. Okay. And I was like, okay, we're going to make 2.0, which had three valves. It was more like for the general audience and all that good stuff. And it was like, two, when we came out with 2.0, uh, it was kind of like the general audience, you know, because the first one was an Israeli gas mask with a nose clip, a screw-in nose clip. And that's all it was, right? Um, and it was simple, it was patented, but it was easy to make. 2.0 was a little bit more difficult. Um, then we had to actually engineer that, uh, and we had to do some like airflow in basically like inbound and outbound airflow uh, measurements to make sure that, you know, we had enough, you know, sufficient air so you could breathe. So that was that, uh, 2.0 came out and, you know, sales were, went to the moon. So it was, it was definitely a good move for us. Hey, Casey, talk a little bit about how do you maintain big box relationships like with Dick Sporting Goods? And let us know if you have other big box stores that your product is in as well beyond Dick's. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll tell you which ones we're in and the maintenance on them. Um, so Training Mass 2.0 and 3.0 is in Dick Sporting Goods, Academy Sports, Shields, Big Five and Dunham Sports. Um, and then we have a little mom and pop shops throughout the nation. Um, and maintaining those big box stores, uh, you got to maintain the relationship and make sure that you're getting on, you know, basically on the end caps or in line, basically like with the, you know, you'd be like, we have synergy with TRX uh, and a couple other, uh, a couple other brands um, and their fitness brands as well. Maintaining those relationships, you know, you got to get, you got to get efficient with like EDI, which is electronic data interfacing where they send in the, they send in the, the, the information, the order, and then you pass it back behind you. Like basically you turn it around and you say, Hey, we're going to fulfill this order. Here's how many we're sending. Here's the tracking. Here's all the data. And then they send it out. Right. Basically it's like an inbox for orders. And then it goes outbound and it says, Hey, listen, we've shipped this many orders. Here's all the tracking numbers, and this is how, how, like the date stamp that we have them. Um, because like what they'll do is they like big box stores. Make, big box stores make a lot of money doing these things called chargebacks. And if things aren't on time, if they're not labeled in the right position, like we got to have like a box label two inches up and two inches over from the right hand corner on the leading edge, like specific stuff just like that. And you're like, man, this is this is out of control. Like how much stuff you actually have to do. Walmart's the absolute worst. Cause they don't give a shit about anything. They'll just go, Hey, listen, 
the box was ruined or something. Okay, well, how'd it get ruined? Well, it was on the truck, and one of our guys ruined it, but you're going to pay for it. Uh, can we take a look at it? No, we're just going to throw it in the, in the inventory. <laughs> like, so they just, just do random stuff like this, and it's just like, okay, like we can't. So we don't, we don't do any business with Walmart anymore. I caught them. Like, cause I'm not going to deal with, I'm not going to deal with the, the, the sliminess that went on. Yeah. Yeah. Another question, so, uh, in regards of being a CEO, you know what I mean? What's some challenges yeah. you face? I know you face some challenges and also how do you balance, you know, family, you know, cause I know that's important yeah. to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. The challenges, you know, every, every entrepreneur has challenges. Everybody thinks, oh, you make your own hours. All you have, you get, you get to take off for whatever time. Like being an entrepreneur is like 24 seven, man. You're never turning it off. You check your emails at night. You check your emails in the morning. You pay, you wake up, take a piss. You check your emails in. Uh, you make sure that sales are still on. You know, you making sure that the website's, you know, doing this thing, making money. You making sure Amazon's making you money. You make sure all your relationships are happy. So being the CEO, it's kind of like, you're, you're the, you're the multimedia channel and you've got to like tap, 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 tap on everything. Right. And you only have so much time in the day to be gapping versus working. Right. Like, and I say working, it's like, okay, like I got to make sure like all my listings are optimized. I got to make sure all my emails are, are read through. I got to make like, so there's as an entrepreneur, there's like, there's time slots that you would give yourself. And a lot of people um, don't give themselves enough time that at the end of the day, they're staying over and they're doing different things, you know, it's running into family time and it's running over into, you know, dinner, it's running over into all these stuff. And that's what, you know, kind of breaks families up or that's what irritates mom to the point where it's like, Hey, listen, you know, like you got to start making more effort. And it's, and what they don't understand is like, you are making effort. You're making effort to make the money so the family can eat. The family can do what you need to do. But a lot of moms don't understand like the work that you're putting in is putting food on the table. It just, they look at it as relativity of like, Hey, listen, I'm spending more time with the kids. I have to do this with the kids. Like, like but that, that's not, that's, and I understand and I understand, but understand like if we don't have the funds to eat, then uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dinner's going to be real lonely, isn't it? So that's what, that's what that a lot of people don't understand being an entrepreneur. Do make your meal, you earn your meal. So when things, when things don't go right, your meal's on the table, right? You're like, literally like you're not eating like, because like things, there's certain things at the, at the end of the day that you're responsible for, that essentially if you don't get done then you don't get paid right and like you got to make sure like everything is a balance right family's a balance the the, the business is a balance of like that so one of the things you know like that i do is i make sure like we take at least two vacations a year for family just family only um and then i make sure that we we always we're always covered on uh, you know like you always save some money and put money away aside. They'll always do that. Just take, you know, and like, you've got to get it out of your bank account. I'll say this. Don't put all your money in your bank account. Like open like a Vanguard account and just take like, you know, just whatever you can afford to, to put in that account, put open a Vanguard account. Cause they don't charge you any fees. They don't charge you anything uh, to move your money around and all that good stuff to buy stocks. You know, and you can pick and choose the stocks that you want, but if you can like afford 50 bucks a week or something, put it in there eventually that money starts to grow. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't understand because they, they don't make, they literally don't make savings a bill. You have got to make savings a bill because if you don't, you're going to spend it. Right. And that was one of the things as an early entrepreneur, I was just, I was making a shitload of money and I was spending every dime of it. Right. And I, I asked my, my brother-in-law 
who it does a lot with um it like basically does a lot he's a dentist right and he does a lot of d- different investments i said how do you how do you save as much money as you got he's like because i make savings a bill and that's what you got to do i'm like okay i got it like i got to get this money out of the account so like what vanguard does is they make you wait three days before you get you can get your money so you go okay well i can't get to it for three days um it, it, that 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 spontaneous buy isn't there anymore. That spontaneous want isn't there anymore because we like as males we like to do knee jerk kind of shit, right? And it's like, okay, I want this and I'm gonna go buy it now because I got the money to do it. And if I don't do it, uh, I'm probably not gonna have the money to do it later. So that's what we do as males is like, okay, well, we're just gonna buy it and, and deal with the consequences later. But putting money away and getting it away from your bank account, you go, okay, well, I can't access that money right now, so I guess I don't need it. Casey, I like how you diversify your income. I use Vanguard, too. And so major salute. I already know I try to put everybody (laughs) on it. I can to build their wealth through there. But I was going to talk to you about cryptocurrency and your your passion around that and NFTs and and things you might be into, because I know if you're into stocks, it's just a natural segue for us to be into crypto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So crypto. Uh, crypto is good. Like I, I think um, if you use it right. And the thing is, is like uh, one thing about crypto is like if you have the money to put the money away into crypto, you know, don't overextend yourself. Don't take stuff out of, like a massive amount of money out of it. It's it's like a gamble, right? It, the stock is going to go up. The stock is going to go down. And if you think like you're just going to put, you know, $10,000 in a Dogecoin or $5,000 in a Dogecoin, whatever you can afford to put in Dogecoin, um, that you're just going to become rich. That's not how it works, right? Uh, because you got now you got what you consider is a, in investors into that are coming in here and they're manipulating some of these uh, cryptocurrency stocks. It's a push pull. So a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's pumping, it's pumping, it's going up, it's going up." No, it's not because like what's happening is somebody else is pumping that and they're going to dump it and you're going to be owning that bill pretty soon here. So don't. Don't get in when everything's going up, up, up. Get in when everything's going like down, 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 and then kind of like wait for what you feel is the bottom and put a little bit of cash in that, in that cryptocurrency if you want to get into the cryptocurrency market. Um, as far as, and that's not cryptocurrency, just I would say don't, it's like going to the casino, right? Don't overextend yourself. Only, only put in what you, you can feel you can afford. Hmm. Um, and then there's all these other things called projects out there. There's like this project, that project. And the problem with projects is once you put your money in, they're like, oh, you got to be invested. You got to be in there for three months, six months, nine months. And then by then it's like, okay, well, they've already collapsed the stock and all that shit or, or the cryptocurrency, that, that project stock and it's game over and your, your money's gone. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things where it's like, man, I you, it, like cryptocurrency gets a bad name because some of these people just can't help it. And they have to scam people. You know, yeah. it's an unfortunate circumstance that happens in, um, you know, in the world. But I would say if you're going to do something, you know, use Coinbase uh, or Exodus Wallet or something along those lines uh, that you feel that you could put your money in. And then if you feel like it's going to get taken away or whatever, there's these things called hard wallets where you can literally put it on a sticker, a hard device. Um, and put it in there and call it a day and then just sit on it. And then you don't have to worry about that stick ever losing uh, like that cryptocurrency or getting hacked. Uh, all you have to worry about is losing the dollars that you're seeing. And you can watch the, the stock market go up, the stock market go down on the cryptocurrency. I would say it's cryptocurrency, not so much of the stock. But um, as far as NFTs go, do you want me to roll into that? Yep, yeah. transition to that for me. So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as far as the NFTs go, um, one of the things with NFTs is yes, like there's a lot of there's a lot of people in this whole market of NFTs, right? And the bottom line is the NFTs are being manipulated because you can go to like say you go to OpenSea, right? OpenSea, oh, there's all these the, the, like uh, NFTs on there that you could buy. You got to find the rare ones. You don't know the rare ones. Well, this thing called rarity.tools, right? And when you go to rarity.tools, it'll tell you all, like, it'll tell you the, the rare ones, and then it'll basically span it out for you. But what happens is, is like, if those people, like, I, I can't, I can't say like for sure that these people are doing it because I can't confirm it, but I can tell you this, you got to pay to Ethereum, which, you know, I think it's like, it was up to like $14,000 at one point, um, the, the Ethereum, to Ethereum was it, like, you got to pay to Ethereum just to be listed on there. So, and so it's not everybody's player's game unless you have that kind of money. And those people that have that kind of money manipulate the people, like they manipulate the masses, right? And so like, if I have a lot of money and I go, hey, listen, I want to make a lot of money. I'm going to put out these uh, rare NFTs on rarity.tools. That becomes a problem because then people are going, okay, well, I'm searching, I'm found a rare one. And then and everybody in the masses buy that. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we get, 16 Ethereum for one uh, golden ape or whatever they're called now, or the, the ape farms or whatever they are, they're called. Um, I think, I don't know. You might know what they're called. They're like, but that's, that's manipulation of a market. That's manipulation of an NFT. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. If you want to own an NFT, if you want to create an NFT, which NFTs are not that hard to create, um, you know, like there's, there's tools that create NFTs for you, do the multi-layer, do the multi this, multi that. And I, I created my own called, uh, it was, it's called crypto choppers. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not, I just did it for the project just because I wanted to do it. Not because I wanted to sell them. I created, I created like 6,000 of these things, uh, put them up on the marketplace. I had to take them down because OpenSea, um, their filters were all messed up at the time. So there's some, you know, of those laying out there right now, uh, that I didn't pull back that are just laying in there, but they're not, they're not really even, they're for sale, but they're not like, I don't, I haven't even checked them in the last like three months. I don't even think, but they're not that hard to make. They, they're not worth, uh, you know, $14,000, but a lot of people think they are, um, then maybe there's a value, but you know, and then there's like Gary V who you have pumping the shit out of them. He's like, Oh, they're going to be great. You know, cause they're going to use blockchain. And like, if there's a blockchain that's going to be used for currency, mm -hmm. It, it, like what's going to happen. And that's, that's what, that's what cryptocurrency is, is the blockchain. Right. And that's how they get registered. And that's how they verify that the, the transaction is authentic. But what happens with NFTs is like, you go out and you verify this blockchain and then you get this contract and all this other stuff. But what happens down the line is like, okay, we can verify this. And this is tied to NFTs. If you want one of those, get it. Don't be going and paying a ton of money for something that you're now seeing the true value of because the market has tipped on its head because everybody's kind of like sucking their money out of it because they're afraid of this, maybe a recession or maybe a market crash. Like we don't see them things pumping right now, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen them pumping six months ago. We've seen them pumping a, a year ago, but it, you know, and they go, oh, they're recession proof. If they were recession proof, they wouldn't be going down in value rate. They would They'd be, be going up, right? Mm -hmm. And right. so the blockchain is great for contracts. Don't get me wrong. If I exchange a dollar for a dollar or whatever, you know, or if I exchange USDT for like Ethereum, that is good because it validates that that token is processed and it doesn't have any fraudulent stuff happening with it. Right. 
Yeah. Um, but if you come down the line and you go and listen, oh, there's going to be a contract that's signed and we're going to have all this stuff. Blockchain is so young. It's so young yet. Like just sit back and kind of like feel it out. Watch it. Study it. Don't jump in because you have, you know, $500 in your account. Really like research and do do what's right and like educate yourself first. Definitely. I know Elon Musk is a huge influence of yours. Talk to me about how he's inspired you and some of what you do, and then we'll kind of wrap it up on that note. Yeah. Well, you know, Elon's kind of like one of these guys that's the unknown. And like one of these things where I, you know, like when they, when they audit or when they said that, hey, listen, we're going to start monitoring Twitter. I don't know if Carlton told you. I put out there, I'm like, this is the dude that you don't want to do this. Do. He will he will literally buy up your infrastructure and he will melt you down. And that's exactly what I, what I said two or three months ago is exactly what's happening today. Yeah. Like he bought up their infrastructure and guess what? He's plucking out all everything that's ever been wrong with what he feels that flat platform has has done wrong. Right. And there's like certain things as a big business, like something somebody like Twitter, you look at it and you go, OK, like why can't other people have a voice and some people can, why can't some people say this? And why can't some people say this? Or, you know, like it, there's gotta be a fair platform. Right. And that's what I think is there's gotta be a balance. There's gotta be a balance of freedom of speech. There's gotta be a balance of, of, of in life. There's gotta be a balance, right? A balance. But with Elon, I, number one, I, I like the fact that he's an inspiring entrepreneur I mean, he's the first guy that put internet in the air where if I had a satellite, I can hook to it and I can get 250 meg download, 150 meg upload, right? There's a guy that's, you know, they, they told him it could never be done. Uh, the, the, um, SpaceX guy creates a rocket that lands on its own now, you know? So it's all these innovations that it goes, holy smokes, like, look at what has been done in the free market versus our government doing it. We have NASA government funded for 60 years and can't land a damn rocket back, you know, on it. And Eli comes up the last 10 years, land a rocket, puts the internet in the sky, like put, does electric cars. Like, so the free market is what I feel controls this world to the point where the innovation and the inspiring entrepreneur will always look forward to because that's inspiring to us. We know he's not controlled by the government and we know that could be us one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, man, our video well cuts off in, in a couple moments, but we wanted to say, well said, thank you for educating the audience on not only crypto, but NFTs, investing, what it is to be an yeah. entrepreneur. And we just want to continue to, man, let you know we, we we love what you do with the training mass. Big ups to all your success. And we're wishing you continued success, Casey. So from this point and forward, man, UNCB, stay in touch. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. Sure. Any way we can help bring more traffic, notoriety, or attention to what you're doing, just count us in as family on this end, man. And we want to say one more time, we thank you for hanging out with us today. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. Appreciate and I appreciate it, man. you guys. And, and let me know if you guys need anything. I'll be more than welcome to, you know, I'll be more than willing and welcome to come on the show. Uh, and if you guys need anything from me, just let me know, all right? We'll yeah, do, do, man. That, man. You That's, take care, Casey. You, bro. All, right. all right, guys. Have a good day. See you later, right. CB. Yeah, me too. Bye, buddy. On that note, guys, we had Casey Dance for join us. 
for an awesome interview. want to thank my guy CB, one of his former teammates, was able to kind of take what he was doing to the next level. He said some things that I totally can relate to. People don't know half of what it is to be a CEO, and I thought he hit some points that the everyday person can get a window into what our lives is really like and like he said you can't feed the family if you're not out making moves happening mm -hmm. so i just hope some of the takeaways from today's conversation penetrates you adds value to your life and till we till we meet again we'll catch you in the next one don't forget to like subscribe make sure you check us out on all platforms youtube from apple music facebook instagram please make sure you leave some comments let us know any questions you may have and any takeaways you have from today's video and who you may want to see us interview next. Until then, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace.